You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Dun, dun, dun. It's Thursday, which is why you're hearing these familiar voices. I'm Ari Temkin. He is Roy White. This is broadcast to the boys right here on the very proud, very amazing Blogging the Boys podcast network. On Twitter, I am at Ari Sports. Follow me. Also follow Roy White on Twitter at RW3. And of course, make sure to subscribe to the pod um, wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a rating as well. But Roy, Wednesday came and went. Do we have any Cowboys news to talk about? <laughs> 4 p.m. Eastern time deadline. Don't talk about Eastern times, okay? The Cowboys <laughs> in the central time, it was 3 o'clock was the deadline. And people, people of the East Coast think that there only is one time zone. Well, anybody listening on the East Coast Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast, and we certainly appreciate it. But we are talking about the Dallas Cowboys and everything, including their schedule, et cetera, is relative to what they do in their time zone. So that's how we're going to refer to it on this program going forward. So don't make that mistake again, Ari. So at 1 o'clock Pacific time, <laughs> the deadline came and went. <laughs> believe it was – I mean, I believe it was like – 3 a.m. or sorry, maybe 1 a.m. Israel time. I think, if I'm not mistaken, just just to be accurate. Oh, I thought you were going to cite the fact that we really got the breaking news about the fact that a deal wasn't going to get done at 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning last night, and essentially what broke was what we have been telling you on this podcast for the last two months was going to take place. And that was, we broke Jack the news Prescott. First. I mean, we broke it. We, we broke it, you know, four months ago, essentially <laughs> when we started this podcast and said, Dak Prescott would play 2020 on a franchise tag. That is what has ultimately come to pass. He'll make just over $31 million for the 2020 season. He'll also count exactly that much against the Cowboys' salary cap. And unfortunately, we're now left to, to pick up the pieces, Ari, to pick up the pieces of this broken relationship and try to put it back together. I just hope, and I think you do as well, that this deadline gives us at least – until week one of a reprieve of discussing where we are with Dak's contract. What do you think is the likelihood of that? I think we can get to week one. I truly believe that. No one's going to be talking about Dak's preseason performances having an effect on whether or not he will get paid big. Why, Ari? Because they're not doing preseason this season. 
they won't have anything to judge or discuss about Dak Prescott relative to performance until week one. Therefore, I would hope we would have no further discussions on it, but maybe ESPN and Dan Orlovsky will prove me wrong with another horrific take. <laughs> Dan Orlovsky is like Stephen A. Smith, but with the with worse takes. Like Dan Orlovsky needs to leave this this Cowboys healed them to Stephen A. Smith. But I digress. I'll tell you what really made me devastated with the Dak Prescott news. Tad Prescott. Mm. Tad, of course, he, Dak's brother. Fire. <laughs> Which, is that, is Tad really his name? Like, or is it like Tadoka? I assume so. I, I don't exactly know Dak Prescott's family tree. Um, but I do believe that's that's his name. At least asked, that's what he's referred to. I asked you to do a little bit of research for this episode. You did. All I asked you to do is find out, up. find out everything about Dak Prescott's family. I just wanted to know if every member of the family has only three letters in each of their first names. But um, yeah, Ted Prescott devastated me when he tweeted, "There's a reason I was never a Dallas Cowboys fan growing up, or before they drafted Dak. After today, who knows how much longer I'll be cheering for them." I, All right, now that's a little bit of a dumb like a little bit too much for us to read into right first of all there's a reason i was not a cowboys fan when i was a child what was that reason (laughs) if you were born in 80 if you were born in 86 like i was uh when i lived in north carolina all of my friends were cowboys fans yeah okay when i lived in colorado most of my friends were cowboys fans cowboys the cowboys were america's team more so outside of Dallas than people realize. Yes. And so uh, for Tad Prescott to say, ah, I was never a big fan of the Cowboys. Okay, well, there's plenty of people that weren't too. Well, it just makes... don't, don't, don't pretend it was because they weren't paying their players. <laughs> That's what I'm t- trying Like, it makes it seem like he's forever been upset because Stephen Jones refused to pay fair market value for players. It's like, <laughs> that hasn't been the case. I don't know if you know this, Tad. The Cowboys but- have been doing this for years, okay? <laughs> They've never paid great players. Tad, I don't know if you know this, but Jerry Jones used to hand out big-time contracts. If Dak Prescott were around 10 years ago, he would have been paid years ago and probably way more than he should have been paid. Yeah. Well, maybe if Jerry Jones was still in charge, he would have been paid, Ari. So that is 100% accurate. It's funny Mm. because as long as I've covered the Cowboys, which Dallas now, San Antonio before, Austin before that, for a decade, get Jerry Jones out of here. He needs to stop. He needs to stop being with this team and he needs to get out of the front office. He didn't know what he's doing. Blah, 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 blah. For, for 10 years, I've heard that. And for 20 years, they've been saying that. And what's crazy is he's not running the show anymore. It's Steven. If Jerry were, this deal would have gotten done. And even today, when I, you know, if you tweet about it or you see people commenting on whatever it is, it's like, Get Jerry out of here. Jerry's – it's like Jerry did – if Jerry were in charge, this deal would get done. This is not Jerry. This is Steven. And, you know, Jane Slater last night basically saying, you know, they, they – they, the, the, this deal is dead. They, the farthest they got was the Cowboys offered somewhere between 33 and $35 million with over $100 million guaranteed. And I'm like, the Cowboys can do math, right? 
Like the Cowboys can do math, right, Roy? I would assume so. We assume so, right? So, or they at least have people they can trust <laughs> that can, do, can math. do math, or, or they pay well to do math, or the very least they have very expensive calculators. Maybe one of those Texas Instrument calculators they got from Plano, and that they can that can help them do the numbers. But I'm trying to figure yeah, out. But the TI-83 can get real distracting when you put <laughs> all those games on it. Just ask me in high school. I, in fact, I don't know that I could do anything on that calculator other than play games. <laughs> I couldn't even do basic addition on that. It's like, how do I even add? There's so many numbers here and so many symbols. What is this goofy symbol? But I, I'm just dumbfounded by that because just doing simple math, the Cowboys tag Dak this year and next year, that's 70 million, all guaranteed which would be an average of $35 million. So why on earth would Dak accept a deal at the top end that is a, the bare minimum of what he's going to get if he's tagged in two consecutive years? Not to mention $70 million guaranteed over two years or $100 million guaranteed over five? Are you kidding me? It's a basic math problem. The, the Cowboys wanted Dak to take a long-term deal with less money. Dak was saying, if I'm going to take a long-term deal, I want more money. And the Cowboys weren't willing to give in in any way. And people are blaming Dak. Now, is there anything to be said though, to be put on his agent? Because again, a lot of information is coming in over the last 24 hours about how the negotiations went down to the wire. It was revealed by uh, Patrick Walker, who uh, works with um, C- or excuse me, um, Katie Drummond, who works with CBS Sports, um, who, who said he had spoken to some sources. That Katie is with the Cowboys Wire. Yes, uh, sorry, the USA Today version. My apologies. No worries. And and basically said that Dak Prescott and his side tried to make a last minute call in the final moments to essentially agree upon a deal. That was going to be around four years, 140 million with 110 guaranteed. And it sounds like the Cowboys just weren't willing to do that four years, which makes, as you mentioned, absolutely no sense. You're going to pay him 70 million guaranteed over the next two seasons, regardless. Right. You know, you're not going to tag him beyond that because it will cost you in the range of about $55 million. We know the Cowboys won't go down that route. But for Dak Prescott, from a negotiating standpoint, that's around $120 million guaranteed. Why would he then accept a less than $120 million guaranteed or $110 million right. guaranteed? And again, average of $35 million for three years, $105 million guaranteed. Okay, but he's young, he's durable, and – you don't have any other option. That's the kind of leverage that he has and has had for two seasons now that the Cowboys have failed to capitalize on. And if you go back just 14 months, you could have been looking at a number that was probably sub 30. And now we're all scratching our heads, figuring out where, in the sub 40 range, it's going to wind up in the end. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it'll be sub 40 <laughs> quite frankly. Um, because if he's done this 
with, and I know everybody's like, he's got all these great weapons. He's had so much talent on offense. It's like, in 2018, Alan Hearns was their number one receiver going into the season. Like, what are, are people crazy? Alan Hearns was their number one. And they, this is not the offensive line that Dak had his rookie year that Tony Romo had at the end of his career. This is not, it's a good offensive line. It's not a great offensive line like it was. This wasn't a prime Des Bryant. No, it wasn't, it wasn't a prime. A prime right. It wasn't a prime Jason Witten. Right. Like, it's Zeke and a decent offensive line. Great. Like, Find me a team in the NFL that doesn't have "quote unquote" weapons. Every team's going to have good players. Every team's going to have holes. Zeke, not not a prime pass catcher. Yes. Yeah. At any point in his career. So, the idea that that well, he's had all these great weapons, and it's like he hasn't. But I'll give you that this year he does. Oh, and by the way, he's had a head coach that, at the very least, has been holding him back. At, at worst is a coach that has been irresponsible because of his inability to leverage modern trends and analytical data in order to help guide play calling and decision making. So, and like that was so evident the last two seasons. So like he's got the offense, the weapons, a coach that's going to do those things. This is going to cost the Cowboys 40 million, at least on an annual basis. And, 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 you're right. They could have had this done last year at thirty million, and perhaps the year before that at even less money. And the Cowboys are just striking out because of the amount of time that they're trying to push the envelope in negotiations. And I think Stephen Jones done a really good job. But in terms of decision making on negotiations with Demarcus Lawrence and Zeke Elliott, now Dak Prescott, he's pushed these guys to the brink and has gotten nothing in return for doing so. He's he's. He got nothing in the Demarcus Lawrence long-term holdout or whatever it was. And same with Zeke Elliott. He got nothing. They ended up giving in exactly what those guys wanted. And another factor when it comes to Dak Prescott now is that because you don't get a long-term deal done, you can't do anything fancy with his cap number. It's the $31 million against the 2020 cap. And next season, in all likelihood, it'll be 38, the full 38 against the cap and in two years he will have cost you in each season more than what the chiefs will pay patrick mahomes in each of the next two seasons from a cap number standpoint right okay and that's where they continue to kick the can down the road we've heard that when it comes to cowboys cap issues in the past but in this case this can almost doubles in size every time you kick it, you know? And that's not to say that the salary is doubling, but you understand what I'm saying. This can is growing at an exponential rate far faster and greater than almost any other contract can you could have done. Mm. If you'd have kicked the Zeke contract can down the road, you know, just said, here's one year extension. Here's one year of a nice kicker, and we'll talk about the rest. You could have done that. It probably wouldn't have cost you more. might have cost you less based on what we just saw Derrick Henry get paid by the Tennessee Titans after his spectacular season. And no one makes $12.5 million a year with basically two years guaranteed. Um, Do you get the sense, Roy, that the Cowboys have absolutely no idea what they're doing? Well, I can't say that. They just had one of the greatest off-seasons I think we've seen around here in the past decade. So am I going to sit here? They've been really good in the draft. 
and they've been really yeah, good. Yeah, am I going to sit here and slam the entirety of their front office handlings because they mishandled arguably the most important position for on the field? I'm not because at least for 2020, that's all intact. At least for 2020, caveat, if we have a football season, the Cowboys seem to be primed to compete for it. But, but let me kind of rephrase it a different way because I agree with you. I mean, they've drafted well. They have talent. They've, they've done well. But do they have any pl- – like, do they have a plan in free agency? I guess that's my question because they pay When it Zeke. comes to how they're paying Dak Prescott, no. They do not. When it comes to Dak Prescott and the quarterback position specifically, they do not have a plan. Now, I can't imagine that the Cowboys organization is hoping – that Dak Prescott suffers, let's say, a catastrophic injury in 2020, and that somehow means his asking price or his negotiating power diminishes because he spent an entire season missing games due to injury, had to rehab all offseason. That is a component of this conversation where Dak Prescott is risking things, where he's putting himself a little bit at risk because as easy as it is for us to say, well, Dak Prescott's definitely going to get $70 million over the next two seasons. Not if he suffers a Teddy Bridgewater type of injury. Now, granted, that's a freak scenario. But it's a scenario nonetheless, no doubt. But it is, it is a scenario that could take place. Colt McCoy, we remember his senior season playing Texas football, got hurt in the national championship game. And or the Big Twelve title game, one of the two. No, the and, national championship game. Yeah, and, and, it, and it hurt. Yeah, and it hurt his stock significantly in his earning power. Um, that can definitely happen to players. So that is a, a something to be concerned about for Dak Prescott in his camp. But again, I can't imagine the Cowboys organization is sitting in their offices going, boy, I hope that happens because then we'll save money on Dak Prescott's next deal, right? So truly, when you ask the question, I don't know what the Cowboys' plan is, and I don't think they have one when it comes to Dak Prescott long-term. I think they're just hoping to ride it out and hoping that some correction in the marketplace takes place. And I just don't foresee that happening. No way. It's going to go the opposite, you know, and, and I think the, maybe the most damning part of this is sort of the short-term future of the salary cap versus the long-term because they're two completely different outlooks. They're 180 degrees different. And, and that is, let's say they play a 2020 season without fans. That's a significant loss of revenue, which will impact the salary cap in 2021. It could go down. It could stay static. It will not go up. It's about two hundred million. But but the weird thing is, and this has had to be a part of the negotiation. The Cowboys crying poor and saying we're not sure what the salary cap's going to look like next year. But the 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 reality is, at some point things will go back to normal. We will have football, and football will be played on television, and people will watch it being played on television. The reason I say that is because after the twenty twenty one season, Roy. The NFL goes to market with its new TV rights because their 10-year, $10 billion deal is up. And they'll, they'll, they'll get twice as much as that. They'll get $20 billion in a new TV contract over the next 10 years, which means the cap may go down in 2021 
but it's going to rise and rise significantly beyond that, which makes the Chiefs deal with Patrick Mahomes that much smarter because Mahomes in 2020 and 2021 is not going to make nearly as much money as he's going to make 2022, 2023, and beyond when the cap goes up significantly. And this is the kind of stuff where it's like, do the Cowboys have any idea what's going on? Why not structure a deal like that? Why not backload a contract with Dak that's commensurate with the salary cap going up? It's just the Cowboys have really smart people working for them, and they've done a lot of really good things to accumulate a really talented roster. But it's stuff like that where it's like, I don't, I don't get it. And maybe, maybe it does point to a lack of faith in Dak. I don't know that 33 or 34, 35 million shows that. But, you know, you mentioned earlier, Roy, they don't really have any other options, which I agree with. But I, I think, like, that doesn't matter to me. To me, it's a Dak Prescott situation. Like, I, if, if, I don't, if I don't have a guy that I think I can win with, then I don't, I don't care that I don't have anybody to replace him with. I'm willing to go back to the drawing board to find somebody else. And that's kind of the way I felt about Kirk Cousins. I, I, I kind of agreed with what Washington did. I don't know what I have in him, and I'd rather go back to the drawing board. So let me ask you that. Is Dak Prescott the type of quarterback you can win with? Regardless of they don't have anybody to replace him with right now. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I believe so. I mean, I think he's shown that he could win with not necessarily having the greatest cast around him. Now, can he win being paid $40 million? Can he win being paid almost 20% of an NFL team salary cap? That, I think, is a more you know reasonable question to ask because – that might significantly hinder your ability to, to build a roster around him. Um, again, that's why I think maybe your best chances to win with him at a reasonable rate were going to be this season and next season when you could sign a long-term deal and have a little flexibility there. But now that option is off the table. Yeah. I, I... – I think yes. I think you could win with Dak Prescott. And the, the biggest thing I point to with that is Dak's gotten better every year he's been in the NFL. He's growing. He's getting better. He's improved every year. Last year at this point, he was arguably a top 15 player. This year at this point, he's a top 10 player. He might even be a top five player depending on who you're arguing with, right? So 
there's growth. Well, did you, better. did you think he got better every season? Yes. I think his rookie year was different because it was just this perfect storm of nobody had seen them. They kind of took the league by storm. They, they leaned on Zeke. They had this, this transcendent offensive line. And then the next year was really a start over year because now he had to, he had to go from being sort of a college quarterback because of the way they simplified the offense his rookie year to being more of a complete quarterback. And I think that's, that's what we've seen from year two to year three to year four. We saw tremendous growth. And that's, that's why I had, like, I think he's the type of guy that you could win a Super Bowl with because I've seen, not from what I've seen so far, but the growth I've seen. Look, yeah. he was. It's really important good. to make that distinction. What you're talking about is growth over statistical performance. Right. And the difference in year four Dak Prescott and the steps he takes, for example, in a five step drop or the right. distance he moves his feet when he's taking those steps or when he throws and where his shoulders are squared to the ball or, you know, all of that, those totally. angles. The hips, right. The the difference between what Dak Prescott is now versus what he was as a rookie is night and day. And that's – look, I think it's fair. Dak Prescott struggled the tail end of last year. I think that's a fair criticism. He was not good. He was, he was an MVP candidate. Perhaps he suffered an injury, and that changed a lot. He played through it, and you don't get to make excuses for that, and that's why this is obviously a big year for him, but – um, I, look, I, I, I think the Cowboys are at fault here. Um, especially if, if what we're hearing reported is true and you certainly have to question the Cowboys plan considering the guys they've signed versus not signing Dak. But let me ask you this, Roy, who's risking more here? The Cowboys well, or that's Dak? What, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier. I think Dak did realize at the end there that there is something to be potentially lost for him. Again, a catastrophic injury, while unlikely, would potentially be a significant blow to what leverage he's gained from a durability standpoint. He can no longer stand there and say, I've played every possible game that I was available for. Right. Um, and stuck through it. Are the Cowboys risking? Could they gain something by waiting? Is there anything that the Cowboys could gain by waiting? I mean, maybe if the salary cap drops next season, even though they've talked about it staying flat, if it were to somehow drop because of a change, maybe that drops the franchise tag number, although I don't know how that would really take place. Or maybe that makes Dak Prescott and his camp feel more like they need to get some security going forward because maybe it looks a little bit more dire in the future right. than what we're discussing and what we all assume it's going to be with the new TV deals. I still think the Cowboys are risking more because, again – you're potentially going to have to back up the Brinks truck to the tune of $40 million a year. And the difference of that versus 24 months ago is almost $10 million a year. You know, $31 million would have got it done 
easily in August before last season. We don't even have to go back, you know, an entire right. year and a half. <laughs> um, so it I, is – who do you think is risking more? Because, I like, Dak is risking something. And he just can't do that because they made that call at the last possible minute, basically saying, you know what, that guaranteed money, $110 million guaranteed, like that doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. Dak is, Dak is definitely risking something. Now it's worth pointing out he's essentially batted himself the last couple of years and is, is winning. Right? I mean, he just keeps, just keeps rolling. It's just compounding interest here. That is true. He's bet on himself, but he's been placing baby fish bets. <laughs> you know? I mean, he's he's only made a total of $4.5 million in four seasons. So, right. yeah, he's right. bet on himself and won. But, you know, the chips say that this is the most significant hand he will have played in his fifth season, despite the fact that he's gone all in now you know, two or three times prior. But, I mean, I think it's it's a bigger risk for the Cowboys because, I mean, be careful what you wish for, right? Let's say... I mean, the number's not going to get any higher, though, right? I mean, how much higher can it get? It, it can't go above Patrick Mahomes. Right, but that's still, I mean, $40 million a year, $41 million a year. That is obviously way more than the Cowboys could stomach today if they were... If their stop price was thirty five, mm-hmm. um, but the, I mean the Cowboys because yeah I mean the price could go up to forty forty one I mean who knows or like what happens what happens if there isn't a season or what happens if there's like a few game season you know like so you don't really have enough data to really figure out if he's worth going you know going to that number I mean maybe if there's no season or there's a shortened season and there's not that much data. You know, Dak's willing to take that the deal that he didn't take this year. I don't know, but I think at the end of the day, it's a quarterback-driven league. If you don't have one, you're not going to win. And this this guy and his growth with this coach and this team, like this is their best bet at winning, and they haven't won anything in 25 years. All right, you um you posted a poll on Twitter, and I wanted to get some clarity on this. Uh, you tweeted, who do you think has a bigger window to win a Super Bowl in their future, Dak Prescott or Jerry Jones? You had 1,500 votes, um, and Dak Prescott won going away. 80% of the votes went to Dak. Who do you think has a bigger window to win a Super Bowl in their future? What do you mean by that? Well, now, again, I'm not surprised that Dak Prescott won the poll. But I guess based on the temperature that I've gotten from people reacting to what they believe Dak Prescott is worth, right? I'm surprised it was so lopsided because the question is not, is Dak going to outlive Jerry Jones? The question essentially is, do you, you know, is Dak's career going to outlive Jerry Jones, so to speak? It's not if Dak plays 15 more seasons, is his window going to be more open than Jerry Jones and his lifespan as the GM of the Dallas Cowboys? Many people think, or at least make it clear and known on Twitter, that if Dak Prescott gets $35 million a year, you're not going to be able to field a team good enough around him to win a Super Bowl. So essentially, I thought I was asking people 
especially the people out there that believe Dak Prescott can't win a Super Bowl if he's making 35 or $40 million a season. Well, if that's the case, then you think Dak Prescott only has a two-year window. Because after this season when he makes 31 and next season when he makes 38 on the franchise tag, he's getting close to 40, mm-hmm. as we have discussed. Yes. And again, my point, if you're someone who believes he won't be able to win a Super Bowl making $40 million, where you think then his window is closed in the next two years. Therefore, I thought there would be more people that would vote and say Jerry's window is more wide open because there's so many people out there that seem to think if you just let Dak Prescott walk, finding the next quarterback, whether it be in the first round or the third round or the fourth round or an undrafted one like Tony Romo, people seem to think that's going to be so incredibly easy that Jerry's window should stay open just fine. So that was the, that was the impetus behind the poll. Am I surprised the way that people took it? No, not really, because everybody's always making jokes about Jerry Jones's mortality. But I thought more people would stand up and have the guts to say, no, Jerry's window is the one that's more open than Dak Prescott's because the minute Dak Prescott makes $40 million, he no longer becomes a quarterback you can win a Super Bowl with. That was the my thought process behind that, Paul. You know, it, it's it's interesting to think about, like, what is Dak's window here? Because, I, I mean, I think, like, we're entering it. I mean, he's, you know, the fact that he hasn't missed a game in his career certainly speaks to his durability, but that that's not going to last the way he plays the game. This dude takes some heavy, heavy hits. He is a tough, tough dude. He's going to miss games in his future. You get older, you can't get up from hits like you used to be able to get up from. So he's getting older. The style he plays is not conducive to a long-term career. Um, or he's going to have to change the way that he plays, which will make him a different player and therefore perhaps not as good of a player. Plus you've got, you know, a coach that again, we think can leverage modern trends and analytical data to, to, to guide play calling decision-making, which is good. And I mean, you've got a really good offense that's got pieces that are probably hanging on to the end of their careers and, and some other pieces that are starting their careers. And like this, to me, this is the window and I don't, you know, I mean, there are guys that do win Super Bowls at the end of their careers, and, and you know, we've seen that happen. But, like, I, I do think that this is the window for Dak. And I do – look, as much as I've said and I bellyached about the Cowboys not signing Dak, like, there's legitimate concerns over him. I get it. I'm not – you know, it's not like I think he's the second coming of John Elway or Aaron Rodgers. I get those questions. But I just go off of, you know, the growth that I've seen from him and especially in the areas that you talked about specifically, which I think is really – those are important points to make. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do see the validity of your question in terms of, will Dak's window outlast Jerry? Because I don't know that I'm gonna, willing to say Dak's career. I'm just, I just think his window. Yeah, because, uh, well, you might argue, some might argue that Aaron Rodgers' window has been closed since right. essentially they haven't been able to field a top 10 defense. Right. But it's a, you know, look, it's a, 
it's a weird league. I mean, Rodgers played in the NFC Championship game last year, so with the new head coach, yeah. so maybe there is still his second life. But then but, again, if, if you can play like Rodgers or Drew Brees, you, you would think, or Tom Brady, even you give you make your team a threat regardless. And that's what I think. I mean, that's what I think Dak Prescott can potentially give you is a player that makes your team a threat regardless. Will he win you a championship every year? Probably not, especially not in a league that now has Patrick Mahomes, you know, in my opinion, ready to run it for the next decade. And there aren't a lot of people that disagree with that. So if your standard is do you have Patrick Mahomes, well, you don't. You don't have that. But do you have a quarterback that could get hot and run the table? Well, he's shown you that for four years he's been in that conversation. Since he stepped on the field as a rookie, at one point in the season, you said to yourself, the Cowboys could go and win it all this year. Even in the years that they went eight and eight, you said to yourself at one point in the season, if they get hot, the Cowboys could go and win it all this year. And you say that because of what you've seen from the quarterback. You wouldn't say that if – it was Gus Farrat or Ryan Fitzpatrick back there. And they did it once or twice, but you knew eventually it was all going to come crashing down around them. Dak makes you feel the opposite. Dak makes you feel like despite it going badly for the, net, for the first three quarters, it could all turn around when you need it to. At least that's the feeling that Dak Prescott gives me. And it's, it's honestly that feeling – just narrowing it down, it's that feeling that allows me to say franchise quarterback versus not. That feeling right there. If everything goes wrong through three quarters, could I still feel at all confident that this guy has the stones to bring it back? And Dak Prescott, when I asked that question about him as a quarterback, the answer is yes. Well said. So let me ask you something as we, uh, as we sort of wrap a bow around this episode. Uh, do you think that this is the beginning of the end of Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys uniform? Or no. do you think that? No. It's too early to say that. Everybody that's saying, well, this is the start of the two-year bye-bye window. It may ultimately end up going that way. I'm not going to say it won't. But there is way too much that can happen between now and then, okay? You know, you know the Cowboys are comfortable franchise tagging him this season, and you know in all likelihood they're comfortable franchise tagging him next season. So there's no reason to start this season in 2020 down the road of what's going to happen in March of 2022, when so much can happen between now and then. Do you, you think this is the beginning of the March to the end? The March to March 2022? I mean, I, I certainly agree with you. Um, however, being the well-rounded media member that I am, yes, so definitely. Because <laughs> you have to do that. You need some... 
weird final finality to it. No, you, you know? don't. You don't. We don't need to Max Kellerman this. <laughs> we don't need to Dan Orlovsky this. Okay, we don't have producers in the dark room behind us saying, guys, it doesn't matter that the other side of the conversation is nonsensical. <laughs> we still need to have two sides of the conversation. We need to stop doing that in America, okay? That's our entire problem. Let's not have a conversation about whether or not the earth is flat. We don't need to have that conversation. Flat earth guy doesn't need to get the same platform as geological scientist. Okay. In, in as this case, astronaut. In this case, Dan Orlovsky is flat earth guy. Yeah. Like Dan Orlovsky is run out of the end zone quarterback. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't get the same. He doesn't get the same credibility talking about quarterbacks as three-time Super Bowl winner Troy Aikman. It's true, but the thing that sucks just for, is just is for fun. But of course, you and I are more credible than he is, having never played the position. Right, obviously, and the thing is too. Ultimately, it's <laughs> like Dan Orlovsky's take that get heightened because of the outrage towards his stupid takes, and it only builds up his persona even larger. So it feeds the beast. So it only encourages us in the media to have takes like that because those are the takes that win the day. I don't know why. You and I, you and I will not be sucked into that. <sighs> yeah. After all. You want to be, though. You want to be sucked, don't you? <laughs> into the vortex of hell, yes. If we have to talk about Dak Prescott's contract again on this, on this show, at least, you know, until – can we can we do that? Can we can we put a moratorium on any Dak Prescott discussions in terms of long term? I beg you. I beg you. Let this be the last time at least until we see football again. All right, deal. Moratorium deal. will not be lifted until at least we see football again. Roy, leave the people with something. Uh, what's Randy Gregory up to? Have you heard? Uh, this is um, so. This is a story we've been all over. Credit us for being all over the story again. Broke it. Broke we broke it the story, ago. but no big deal. He's sort of crept back into the Cowboys' consciousness again. Um, he is through uh, no doings of his own, mind you. So. Gregory's application for reinstatement has not been denied by the league, but he has not been cleared to return either. He started the reinstatement process during the offseason. Um, this is from Todd Archer of ESPN. It's just inexplicable to me that 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 what's his name, who's escaped me right now, who the Cowboys signed, who's had like 15 arrests, like six of them for DUI, could be reinstated, but not Randy Gregory. Like I'm just so dumbfounded and confused. Alden Smith, thank you. And we and we went through the timeline. Uh, listen to previous broadcasts in the boys' episodes. We've gone through the timeline, and essentially, while Alden Smith's uh, reinstatement was handled within the 30-day window that the NFL and the NFLPA had jointly established, Randy Gregory's was clearly not. And now th this was back in March. So we're three months beyond when this was supposed to be settled. And at this point, 
I kind of would have to assume that it's not going to be settled before the 2020 season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I had a lot of confidence and a lot of faith that he would find his way back onto the field in 2020. And I believe he has been allowed to participate in team activities. Yes. But how far does that really go if you've not been reinstated by the league? Yeah, it's, again, I mean, for them to reinstate Alden Smith but not Randy Gregory, I just, I have no, it just makes no sense. It's it's confounding. It is confusing. It it is. Are the Cowboys making a mistake though? In what? Continuing the pursuit of trying to get him reinstated? Yeah, because you're essentially counting on guys. No, you you're not can... counting on him. You're not counting on him. In how fact, about, how about Alden Smith though? Like both, you're essentially counting on two guys, Alden Smith and Randy Gregory, that we we should know should not be. I mean, I don't think you're counting on either. You didn't pay either one of them significantly. Uh, Alden Smith is not really going to make a lot of money unless he hits a number of incentives. And, of course, that number does count against you from a cap perspective. But, you know, from a production standpoint, do they need either of these guys to show up and show out? I don't think so. I think they have plenty of pass rushers on the outside. Um between Demarcus Lawrence, whether or not they're going to keep Tyrone Crawford on the outside and they have to bring him back. Dorrance Armstrong obviously made a strong play uh, a season ago to get a little bit more play in time. They got Anae, who they drafted this season that a lot of people liked on the outside. So they have some options to rush the passer on the outside without necessarily having Alden Smith and, and Randy Gregory in the mix. So I wouldn't be fretting too much about that. I guess my frustration just comes back to the fact that it seems like the NFL are the ones dragging their feet on this. I could be wrong. It could very well be Randy Gregory and his side, but it seems like the NFL are the ones dragging their feet on this. Yeah, I, um, man, I, it certainly would, certainly would seem that way. I, I don't know what would give you the indication of that, but yeah, it would uh, certainly seem like this one's on the NFL. And it's weird. I've just never known the NFL to be inconsistent with this kind of stuff. You know, like they've always shown yeah, no, a semblance of consistency. So consistent. So consistent. So much uniformity. It's really just, it's, it boggles my mind how this situation <laughs> would, would be different. All right. This has been blogging. This has been broadcast to the boys, the blogging of the boys network. Of course, make sure to go to bloggingtheboys.com. Check out all the great work. They're the fantastic, fantabulous and amazing writers that they have. And, of course, check out all the great podcasts across the broad, uh, the Blogging the Boys podcast network. You're already subscribed, but if you have not yet, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And, of course, make sure to give the podcast a rating. Of course, check out Roy, uh, Roy White. I was about to call you Roy Williams. Roy White on Twitter at rw 3 or his YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash rw 3 I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. You can find me on YouTube as well under the same exact uh, URL, youtube.com forward slash Ari Sports. But for now, Roy, leave the people with something optimistic. Dak Day is done. It's time to talk about the rest of this football team next time. Broadcasting the boys. We out. Nice.